You're listening to episode 53 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Hello, hello, wonderful people. Firstly, thank you all for the lovely messages wishing the Curiosity Club a very happy birthday. I had an incredible day yesterday with back-to-back mini coaching sessions with some of you and it was a real honour to get to go a little deeper into the topics that we talk about on the podcast here. I talked confidence with some of you, self-esteem, business strategy, overcoming fear, mind management and a whole lot more. It was brilliant and I look forward to going further with some of you and, and talking more with you all in the future. Now, before I dive into this week's episode, I want to encourage you all to sign up to my mailing list if you aren't already, because I am about to announce a very exciting curiosity challenge that is going to be taking place next week, where you will all have the opportunity to win some incredible prizes. There are a lot of wonderful things up for grabs that some lucky people are going to be the new owners of so make sure you are signed up so that you will be the first to know when I announce it. You can do this by heading to www.catrybarrett.com forward slash mail list and I will also leave a link in the show notes. Recently, more than ever before, the fact that we are never alone in our experiences has really been reinforced to me. This is why I'm a big believer in having honest and open conversations, because when we're in the grips of self-doubt or fear or anxiety, for example, it's so easy to feel alone, to feel like we are the only person that have ever experienced whatever it is we're going through, thought whatever we've thought and, and, you know, those thoughts that we're stupid, lazy, useless for having done so. Yet, no matter what our inner critic or self-pity monster wants to have us believe, we are surrounded by other people who are going through the same thing as us, or perhaps have done at some point or another. And it's for this reason, I thought it would be nice to do a little recap over the last year of our most popular episodes of the Curiosity Club. I'm calling it the highlight reel, because these are the episodes that resonated most with most of you. These are the top five episodes that tens of thousands of you have downloaded, listened to and shared. So if you resonate with one of these, I want you to know that you aren't alone. You aren't stupid. It is okay to feel the way that you do. So feel it, acknowledge it, and then you can work through it. The first one I'm pulling out of the archive is episode number two, where I was talking to you about building your confidence, something that we can all relate to in one way or another, I feel. 
And I wanted to encourage you to feel more confident at work, how you could be more confident in your relationships or building your confidence and belief just in yourself in general. I'm going to play you a little clip from the episode where I explore how you can choose confidence by using what I refer to as the selfie method, understanding the beliefs that make up your internal programming and how this affects how much you put yourself out there and ways of using what I call the thought tree to navigate the link between your thoughts or that mental chatter and your feelings. Every experience that we have ever had has influenced what our beliefs are today and shaped who it is that we've become. But this isn't fixed. With awareness and by putting in some work, you can change your beliefs over time. But first, we need to understand our beliefs a little bit more. I want you to think of a giant oak tree. The deeply grounded roots of the tree being your beliefs and the branches of the tree being your thoughts. When you were a child and someone said they didn't want to play with you, this perhaps caused you to feel rejected and this planted a seed. That seed was then watered and nurtured by all your subsequent thoughts about being unwanted and you unknowingly sought out evidence to support these feelings throughout your lifetime. In turn, this meant that no matter the real reasons, Every time that someone did or said something like, I'm sorry, you can't come to my party, I'm only allowed to invite five people, your belief tree grew bigger and stronger, supporting that core belief of everyone will reject me. Discovering what our core beliefs are can be challenging, but it starts with developing your self-awareness enough so that you can notice when you're having negative thoughts about yourself. For example, let's stick with the belief of everyone will reject me. This might show up when your partner messages you to say that they can no longer go to the cinema on Friday night as you'd planned. This is due to them having to work late, so it's out of their control. But when they tell you this, it causes a reaction in you that makes you ignore your partner's WhatsApp for the rest of the afternoon because you're so annoyed and hurt by the perception of them not caring and not wanting to spend time with you. However, if you were to take a moment to pause and be inquisitive about this reaction, it may uncover some interesting insights. If you could listen back to your thoughts when you received the message cancelling those plans, perhaps you would have noticed some of the following. He doesn't want to spend time with me. He doesn't care about me. He obviously doesn't want to be with me. And it was these thoughts that made you feel insecure and unworthy. But why? If we want to discover the beliefs that are causing us to think and feel certain things, we need to ask why. Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this? We need to keep asking why and digging so that we can follow that branch all the way down to discover what's at the root. And in the instance of our hypothetical friend, they would discover it was actually their belief of everyone will reject me that caused their feelings and not actually the fact that their partner had cancelled their plans. And this is a very empowering thing to realise that it isn't other people that dictate how you feel. 
Next up, the second most downloaded episode has been OK Is Fine with my good friend Emma Orohor, where we had a really open and honest discussion about the challenges she has faced with moving countries age seven years old, body confidence, being an influencer, freelance photographer, and everything that comes with being your own boss, especially within the online world. And Emma beautifully articulated her experience with mental health challenges, panic attacks, and how therapy has helped her. Here's a little clip for you. And with on on your Instagram and on your blog, Lolita says that you have talked a lot openly about your struggles with mental health. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sort of sharing with us a little bit about your experience? Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Where should we get? Yeah. So it's um, something we've talked a lot about in uh, in, in person. I mean, we've had we, we love it. We like a good deep conversation. Yeah. About this. Um, so I I think I've probably been in and out of therapy since forever, really. Um, when I was younger, just kind of a couple family issues, um, and then when I was in uh, uni, when I was twenty one. I, one summer, had uh, the most horrible series of panic attacks. Um, I couldn't see peripheral vision for about three months because I was so anxious. Wow. Yep. <laughs> like, couldn't really get on, like, um, a bus or anything like that. Like, moving, I felt very trapped. Like, it was really, obviously, quite horrible. I think after uni, never had really, touch wood, a bad panic attack. Obviously, I've... Um, been anxious since <laughs> like anyone would even be um but I feel like I can handle it a bit and then a year ago I also so that was it was 22 2012 yeah that's about the yeah two I was about to say that and then last year which is 2018 um I went back into um psychoanalysis in London just for depression yeah which was I think I'm actually quite lucky though because I went into it when I was younger as well and my dad's a psychiatrist that I'm very aware of like that side of health I guess yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that and the fact that like even a year ago that I could like notice that I needed to go and see someone mm-hmm. rather than just be like oh no I feel down I'm depressed bummer like all that you know or whatever yeah. then go out drinking those or whatever people might react to that in a different way obviously yeah. Um, for me, I just get like super into work and like don't have a social, I don't allow myself like a life, uh-huh. like the IOL bit of it. I'm just like completely, I can get so like absorbed into stuff. Um, so yeah, and that's been really helping. I think it's just good. It's funny, when I was younger, I always used to say, when I'm older, even if I don't need one, I just would like a shrink, just like every mm. week. Just like I say, say that, just yeah. like I'd say, like, I'd quite like a massage every yeah. week. Like, I think why it not? is so part it's of just self-care so, even sometimes. If, even if you're like, it's not, I go there every week, like, okay, I want to talk about this, this, and this. The best times, um, my therapist tells me this, is when I'm like, I don't really want to talk about She's like, that's the best, because you you haven't, like, prejudged mm-hmm. what you're going to say. Yeah, you're <laughs> or your conclusion, <laughs> which is very much what I do, because I'm a complete control freak. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I'm feeling this, but I know why. <laughs> so I thought this, and I think it's that. Do you agree? <laughs> do they often agree, or does it? Like, no, you have to do all the work. It's hard work. It is hard work. Work, <laughs> you know, making positive changes for yourself is hard work. But It's hard work. Would you say worth it? And Always worth it, yeah. I mean, like... It's tough, especially in the beginning, because you have to kind of, like, rehash... Because, obviously, the person doesn't know you, so mm-hmm. you have to kind of, like, go through everything that's happened to you up until this point. Like, now I can go in and be like, this happened this week, and I reacted like this. 
interesting. <laughs> Whereas at the beginning you have to be like, well then this happened when I was younger and then that and maybe this and also mm-hmm. them and whatever it is. That like now if once I'm like, I'm just over a, a year back in it now that I feel like now I can, like they kind of know the background story a bit more, I guess. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think has been, what do you find most useful about those kind of talking therapies like that? Um, just realising, actually, you know what, that's really funny because I said earlier, I know that everyone sees visually things mm-hmm. in different ways. And for me, the biggest take from therapy always is that everyone sees things in different ways. Yeah. But not visual things, just any situation. Yeah. No one, even if you're exactly like them, has mm-hmm. understood it in the same way. Yeah. No one. Absolutely. A million people, I don't care, different, they've all seen it in a different mm-hmm. way. Because we all have these different lives, even if we've ha- you've had the same upbringing as say me and one of my sisters were completely different I mean, you know we're completely yeah. different yeah. in so many ways and even if we were completely the same outwardly we still wouldn't have understood things in the same way exactly. I think that's the hardest thing I have with like people is that like I assume everyone thinks like I do and that's why I get really confused and hurt and depressed and lonely yeah because I think what well, that that was obviously me saying that but unless you you have to be very well for me certainly I have to be very like more open in like how I say stuff because mm-hmm. I think I've like hinted something really yeah, well. yeah and, like yeah. actually like everyone's like oh I did not get that what you meant didn't know yeah. <laughs> so I think for me that's like the best thing is just like obviously the endless situations that I talk about there but like always the outcomes like you can't control people mm-hmm. you can't make them think what you want them to think next up was episode 17 entitled overcoming mental illness and poor body image where i shared my own story i talked about how my insecurity started in primary school and when i contracted meningitis at 13 i came very close to dying and how that sent me into an existential crisis and that was the beginning of my downward spiral into anxiety depression self-harm and eating disorders which i spent over 10 years of my life stuck with it Along with my journey of overcoming these things, the revelations I had and what helped me get to the happy and healthy place that I am today. I went through it all in that episode and here's a little snippet for you. But overall, primary school was a happy time for me. I had lots of friends, but like most women, this was when my body issues started. I had incredibly, I had incredibly goofy teeth. I mean, when I finally got braces, they had to move my entire bottom jaw forward because the top ones stuck out so much. They get that kind of goofy. And that was the second best option after my orthodontist had recommended a head brace, which obviously at 11 years old, I flat out refused. I also wore glasses, so of course I was teased for being goofy, I was called rabbit tooth, buck tooth, four eyes, and I began to feel insecure about the way I looked and comparing myself to my girlfriends and friends around me. But overall I was happy, I enjoyed day-to-day life and I was doing well at school. It was when I was 13 that everything changed for me. A pinnacle point in my life was when I contracted meningococcal septicemia. And in more simple terms, that is meningitis. I was put into an induced coma and on life support whilst my family was told to prepare for the worst. 
At the time, I had no idea any of this was happening. The last thing that I remember and still remember now is being sick in my bed at home, having a bad headache. On lots of levels, this was far more traumatising for everyone around me, for my parents, for my sisters, for my friends. They had to watch me go through this, not knowing whether I was going to wake up again. However, after what must have been a long week for everyone at my bedside, they began to bring me out of the coma. I had responded to the treatment and the swelling in my brain was beginning to go down. I was alive and I had all of my limbs. I was lucky. A statement that I would hear countless times over the years, as my identity had now shifted to the girl who survived meningitis. The girl who was lucky to be alive. You lucky. I smiled and nodded, but in my head I thought, why didn't I die? And without me noticing it at the time, that then turned into, I wish I had died. This was the beginning of my spiral into mental illness. I was 13 with a predisposition to err on the anxious side. My hormones were going wild as I had just reached puberty and I had just suffered a huge trauma to the brain. And emotionally, it was a huge trauma. At university in Newcastle, saw me spiral into new lows, culminating in me almost failing my degree. The realization hit me like a ton of bricks. This one thing that I truly believed was gonna make me whole, happy and become the successful creative I had planned and wanted for myself was over and I had got a rubbish mark. I had no prospects for the future and I was utterly miserable. It was at this point that I hit rock bottom and I had a breakdown. I was lucky that my parents supported me and I moved back in with them. As I saw it, I had one of three options. End it all and kill myself as I had been plotting to do so for years. Or number two, carry on as I was and probably end up a drug addict on the street, having eventually lost the support of my family and friends. Or thirdly, do everything in my power to sort my head out once and for all. Another one of the most listened to episodes of the Curiosity Club so far has been episode 11, Learn to Relax. This is a practical episode where I explain and guide you through one of my favourite techniques for letting go of stress and tension in the mind and the body. And that is progressive muscle relaxation. Here's a little taster of what I talked about. When you've got a lot on your mind, what happens in your body? And do you notice what happens? Whether it's a big deadline at work or perhaps you've not been sleeping very well... What happens for most people are their shoulders are going to rise up to their ears, their jaws are going to begin to clench, and their brows are going to become furrowed. Does this happen to you? Are you aware of it? Perhaps you're someone that gets tension pain in their neck and their shoulders, or someone like me who gets tension headaches when things become a little bit hectic, or maybe it's aches and pains in other parts of the body. 
chances are that this tension in your body is caused by tension in your mind. So if you can practice to fully relax the physical body, not only is this going to ease those physical symptoms, but it is also going to help you to relax your mind. Often people who are feeling anxious a lot of the time are so tense in the body throughout their day that they are no longer able to recognize what being relaxed even feels like. And this is where this technique can be brilliant at kind of helping with that um, ability to distinguish between the muscles that are relaxed and muscles that are tense. I've seen this in a lot of clients that I've worked with during my career as a well-being practitioner, especially when I used to work as a massage therapist a few years ago. So many people hold on to their stress in their bodies for so long that they've forgotten how to release it. If you know that you're someone that struggles to unwind or with sleep or gets tension headaches, like I mentioned before, then I really recommend developing this PMR as a regular practice. Not only did I learn what relaxation actually feels like, but I'm now able to notice as soon as I get tense and actively work towards melting that tension, which causes so much less resistance mentally as well as physically. Let your eyes close. And taking a really deep inhale through the nose. And sigh it out through the mouth. Another inhale through the nose. Let it go with a sigh. Lastly, but by no means least, we have episode number 21 entitled Control Your Emotions. Here I was investigating how a better understanding of the thousands of emotions and feelings we all experience can help us stop using escapism behaviors such as overeating, drinking, sleeping and shopping. I also explained the relationship between our inner emotional family members that reside within all of us and how you can begin to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Here's the clip for you. The reason why we don't want to get rid of negative emotions entirely is because they are messengers. When we feel angry, hurt or overwhelmed, we are sending ourselves a message that something, a situation, a person or an object, isn't aligned with us, aligned with our purpose, our values and who we truly are as a person. Often what happens is we will feel a sudden surge of emotions triggered by an event and we will then react to those, often without realising what it actually is that we have felt. If it was the case that we only felt positive emotions, then we would be comfortable all of the time. And whilst this might sound quite appealing to some of you on surface level, What it actually means is that we would never have the opportunity to grow. We would never evolve. You see, when we're feeling negative emotions and all that discomfort that comes along with them, it offers us the opportunity to develop. We either learn something new or we have to push our boundaries. In doing so, boosting our confidence as we are stepping out of our comfort zone. Stepping out of that comfort zone and the desire, the desire to be comfortable all of the time and things to be easy is what keeps people stuck. 
in those feelings of being unfulfilled in their job or perhaps stuck in a relationship that they don't actually want to be in or not going after their dreams, their aspirations that they have for their lives. Now, this is the fundamental thing that I find myself working on with most of my one-to-one clients, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's so powerful if you can do that. Become comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because it's part of life. Feeling these um, emotions that we're kind of resisting and pushing down and trying to ignore. Just accepting those, being comfortable with that discomfort is a huge transformational ability to have. Until we see negative emotions as our friends, we will fall into the trap of resisting them. I used to fall into this big time in my early 20s. All I wanted was to feel happy, to have fun and be confident all of the time. What emotions are you running away from? What are you avoiding feeling? Often we are escaping emotions because we haven't properly recognised them within ourselves. And in order to be able to truly acknowledge them and face up to them, we need to be able to correctly label them. Now this might sound simple, but when you think about it, how many emotions can you actually name? There's the obvious key emotions such as happiness, sadness, anger, fear, joy, disgust and surprise... But these are just the main categories. Humans are capable of feeling thousands of emotions, most of which we don't actually even have words for. Now, with that in mind, how many of these do you think you could actually name, let alone recognise within yourself? So those have been your top five favourite episodes from the last year. If you've resonated with any of the little clips I was just playing, then go back and listen to the full episodes. I will link to them in the descriptions of this episode. And of course, you could just scroll back and find them for yourself. Remember, if you resonated with these as well, that's because they're the most popular episodes. So what does that tell you about how other people are going through the same things as you? You are not alone and keep reminding yourself of that. Use these episodes to reconnect to yourself and in doing so know that you're connecting to other people who are going through the same thing as you. I'm in the process of planning the next year of the Curiosity Club and I would love to hear from you. There are going to be some exciting changes that I'm going to be announcing to you shortly in the coming weeks. But I would love for you to let me know what you want to hear more of. What do you struggle with and would like some extra advice around? Who would you like me to talk to? What experts and in what areas? What do you want to hear more of? As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. I would really appreciate it. Let me know what you found most useful. It really helps people find the podcast and I read each and every one. Until next time, stay curious. Thank you.